Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast presented by Reality Sports Online. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host. And I am joined by a very, very special guest here today. That is Mike Taglier. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Taglier NFL Tags. I'm going to be honest, man. Uh, last week, I was obviously building a deck and was out for the majority of the week. And I was sending kind of progress pictures to our group and internal group. And there were several occasions where I wanted to just slap you across the face. Not going <laughs> to lie at all. Uh, you, I would send progress pictures and you'd be like, oh, you're not done yet. And that was just uh, if you're very thankful, you should be very thankful that we work remote, because if we did encounter each other today in the office, I would 100% slap you across the face. Well, to be fair, you haven't listened to the new podcast yet. It's it's only getting worse. Um, we recorded oh, the, the Fantasy Pros podcast, uh, our regular podcast uh, this morning. So and, and I gave you a few there. But also, you should be happy to know that I'm now building a deck on I'm doing an expansion on mine because we were we were going to wait uh, with the cost of lumber and everything like that, but we ended yeah. up finding a deal and we started it. it. It's it's a long story, but you could you'll hear about it on the podcast. Oh, great! Can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, the people I posted a picture of the deck and everyone was like, "Oh, the price of lumber! You're a millionaire." No, I just bought it ahead of time before it all skyrocketed. So everyone, get off my case, goodness. <laughs> uh, but no, man, I cannot wait to give you the same treatment. Uh, once you send pictures of your deck, I'll just be like, "Oh, you should be done by now." What's what's? Going I'm not on? gonna. I'm not sending progress pictures. <laughs> you learn from. It's my just mistake. gonna take like two months. That's all. Oh goodness! All right. Well, hey, we've got a fun episode today. We've got a listener mailbag that we are going to get into. Uh, but before we do, I want to make sure that everyone knows that we are still doing the signed Jonathan Taylor Colts jersey giveaway courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. You can enter into this giveaway by going over to Apple Podcasts or CastBox and leaving a review for this show. Then go to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. Fill out the short form there. Attach a screenshot of that review and you are automatically entered. And if you have already entered into a previous giveaway, you are automatically entered into this one. So again, that is a Jonathan Taylor signed Colts jersey courtesy of our friends at pristine auction tags let's get into this listener mailbag man i put out a tweet just a couple days ago so if you ever want to get a question answered on the show make sure that you're paying attention to my twitter profile put out those tweets occasionally and you can just reply to that with your question i go through pick out the ones that i believe that we can get to 
on this show and we'll get through as many as we can. Let's dive right in here. Brian King asks, how do you convert a single quarterback dynasty league to super flex? So this is a really a question that I'm kind of battling with in one of my leagues. We started this out, this dynasty league out in 2017. It was a one QB format because super flex really wasn't even in consideration at that point. I would love to get this league to switch to Superflex, it just simply cannot happen. So, uh, or can't seem to get it to happen. So I would love your expertise here, your advice. How do you convert a single quarterback dynasty league to a Superflex? The question, the correct answer is you don't. You, you uh, So you either, one, you start over, uh, that you start the league over just because you have to, because ev- the way player teams have been built from this point, like in the past, it does not apply anymore. It changes the entire thing. It's right. either it's either that, and if you really, really do want to keep your team, you're like, hey, it's taking me so long to build this dynasty team. I want to do whatever I can to do this. You basically have to give, I would say, at least a two or three year window in order for teams to kind of transition into that, because then all of a sudden the draft picks they're able to spend their high rookie picks on on picks uh, on quarterbacks. It's it's so difficult to do. And people have asked me this question before and I tell them just start the league over is basically what I would do if you really want to do it. Uh, and if, if not, then yeah, it's going to take multiple years to switch over. It's unfair. Yeah, the, mul- the multiple years thing is definitely, you cannot go from one year, one quarterback league to the next year, a super flex league. Like you simply cannot because the format, the, the value on quarterbacks changes so much. So the importance of that. So especially even going into rookie drafts, right? The 101 in a one QB format is going to be a running back 10 times or nine times out of 10, right? But then it, the 101 in a super flex league is going to be a quarterback nine times out of 10. So you really have to alter the way that you think about the league. You, two to three years is really the way that I would go. And I said, I've said this before, like it's got to be majority vote. You cannot have this commissioner just be like, all right, we're switching to Superflex in two years. Make sure that you all, it's got to be majority vote. So make sure that you put that forward to your, to your team, to your league, excuse me, and make sure that they know all that that entails and then try to get that majority vote for two to three years down the road. Uh, FF underscore Forbesy asks, sell Derek Henry now or wait until after the year when the price inevitably goes down. So this is really, I think comes down to what, state is your dynasty league in are you ready to compete now then i think that you absolutely hold on to derrick henry because you're not going to find a running back who's going to be able to shoulder more of a workload than derrick henry i think for the next one to two years maybe after that we start to see his workload tail off but i think that he is one of the most sure things in all of fantasy football right now so if you're in going into a rebuild you know that your team is not going to be able to compete this year for a title then you sell them off. You try to get that peak value. But for me, I would personally, if I'm competing, I would be holding on to him. Do you see that differently? Yeah, it really, you have to be honest about your roster. You have to look at your roster and say, am I going to win this year? If you're not going to win this year, I'm selling. Because, you know, Arthur Smith is gone. That's going to change the offense a bit. We don't know if the efficiency is going to be there. And even though Derrick Henry is extremely talented, we can't forget that he's not a running back who's going to catch a whole lot of balls. It's a, it's a similar concern that we have with someone like J.K. Dobbins because he's just not heavily involved in the passing game. So we're like, what's the actual ceiling for him? Derrick Henry's a mammoth of a man, but eventually that's going to wear down. He's going. He's getting older. He has, you know, he has a lot of miles on his tires. So right. for me, I want to sell. With, especially when it comes to a running back, because we've seen how fast running backs lose value. Like Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell, if you were to go back just two years ago and say, 
could I sell or should I try and ride it out for one more season? You always go back with running backs and you're never going to regret selling. I, I, that's how I feel about running backs. But again, unless you're in a position to win this year, you absolutely take advantage of that because you're never guaranteed a chance at a, at a championship in the future because you're relying on some young prospects developing. Whereas like if you have a team right now that's built to win, which typically is what I'm going for in Dynasty, like I, I, I aim for like probably a three-year window is all I do. But Henry yep. is on the final year of what I would say or I'd consider him an elite, uh, an elite asset to have on your dynasty team because the value is only going to go down from here. Yeah, well, obviously, as he gets older, that certainly is going to happen. You mentioned the workload, not only that he has had from his time in the NFL, but then also going college. back into college at Alabama, then also at uh, in high school, too. So it's like everything is lining up here for Derrick Henry to say, eventually it's going to tail off. But we've also been saying that for the last year or two, like yep. eventually it's got to catch up with him. So, again, if you are able to compete for a championship in your dynasty league and you started off by saying you got to be honest with your roster then I think that you hold on to him. If you know that you cannot compete, you do not have the running back depth, then you sell him off for maybe a younger prospect, right? A younger running back and then a high draft pick. That would probably be the way that I would be moving off of Derrick Henry. Uh, a, a question that I know tags you and I are going to get a lot of, or a player that I know that you and I are going to get a lot of questions on this offseason is Mikkel Hardman. So Jamie Holden asks, what are your thoughts on Mikkel Hardman? Does he finally break out or is it time to move on? With Kansas City, you've got Demarcus Robinson back, Sammy Watkins for everything that he was. He was still on that roster last year. Now, there's a there's a place here that Miko Hardman could step up as the wide receiver, too, in a very, very dynamic offense, obviously. So what do you think here? Do you think that this is finally the breakout year for Miko Hardman, or is he going to be kind of stuck in this like gadget player, someone that you really can't rely on for fantasy? The Chiefs have kind of left me hanging. I, I was I was expecting them to add a wide receiver in free agency or high in the draft, and they didn't really do either of those things. So it's kind of like left me hanging on. Uh, what I can tell you is that this is still the same coaching staff. Uh, Nicole Hardman is still the same player. Uh, last year, we heard that he was going to be, before, before basically training camp started and all that, we heard that he was going to be taken off special teams uh, and that he was going to be focusing on the wide receiver position. And then all of a sudden that changed as we neared. I think the team knows what he is. I think the team has, has been around him long enough to say, hey, we know Michael Hardman is not going to be a guy that's going to see, you know, 100 targets in this offense. He's going to be a guy that basically if something happens to Tyreek Hill, we're going to try and use him in that type of role. But ideally, we don't have to use him in a full-time role and we're going to limit his snaps. And they kind of pick their spots with him in certain matchups. I think that's what they want to do with him. Uh, but again, they have not added a wide receiver to really replace Sammy Watkins. Demarcus right. Robinson is the definition the of conundrum. just a guy. Right. Cornell Powell, I like him as a receiver, but he's not going to play anything close to the role that Nicole Hardman would where he'd play in a slot a lot more than he would in the perimeter. So Sammy Watkins leaving is a big deal because Watkins played almost half of his snaps in the slot, whereas Demarcus Robinson really doesn't go there a whole lot. So I, I'm going to hold on to him right now. Uh, I don't think that he's cuttable in Dynasty uh, where – you know, in the territory I have him, my dynasty ranks right now, I have him by guys like Darnell Mooney. I have him by guys like Josh Palmer, who was just drafted by the Chargers, where it's a little bit of unknown players. Hardman still has upside, but again, if you really don't make it by this point in your career, it's highly unlikely that you're just going to walk into a massive role without an injury. So um, I'm holding, but I'm not as excited as I used to be. Well, yeah, you mentioned like if you haven't made it at this point of your NFL career, if you haven't made it in this offense, that's right. something else to consider, right? It, like you can look at other players who have had later breakouts, but it's because of the offense that they've been in, the role that they've been relegated to. With Miko Hardman, he has no excuses. Now, I think the thing and the way that I'll answer this is I do think that he takes a small step forward this year, but I don't know 
I would be looking more at Byron Pringle, who they're talking about a ton in Chiefs in you know Chief circles and beat reporters and stuff like that. They they really like this receiver that they've got there. So I think that Demarcus Robinson is this depth piece, right? He's never going to mm-hmm. be something you said. He's just a guy. I think Michael Hardman takes a slight step forward, but the guy that I would be expecting to take more of a, a massive leap would be Byron Pringle. I just don't know if that's going to be anything that pushes him into weekly fantasy consideration. Uh, simple question here for you, Tags. ASC asks, preferred hosting platform for a dynasty league. We answered this on episode one of this podcast where we went in depth into some of the platforms that you can use, but I'll just ask you, you've been around the dynasty space for a while now. What is your preferred hosting platform for a dynasty league? If you don't care about, um, visuals, uh, if you don't, (laughs) if you, if you're like strictly about like, Hey, I want what's the best to play in. I want the most custom customizable options. I, I I don't care. We'll figure it out. You play MFL. My fantasy league is, is base is the best place for a dynasty league in terms of customization, uh, unique, things that you could do with rosters, with scoring, everything. Uh, if you want to do something that's just a little bit more pretty, <laughs> uh, more visually appealing is, I, I would say, Sleeper. That's a, that's for people that are typically on apps. But again, Dynasty League, like if you, again, it goes back to salary cap stuff, even with My Fantasy League. You can do so many different things on that website, right, but it's visually right. terrifying to look at. Like it's, it's the worst. And I have no idea how they haven't brought in somebody to say, hey, we need to make this better because we can rule this space. And they, they kind of do already, I think. And it just goes to show as to what the product they offer. But if they were to make it more visually appealing, My Fantasy League would be hands down the one to go to. Yeah, and My Fantasy League is very, like you said, the customization options on there are incredible. But then it's also just very, like, the navigation of it is very confusing. I remember my first draft, that I, my rookie draft that I did in there, I think it was our league tags where we did the, the rookie <laughs> draft for the Dynasty Invitational. I remember, yeah. at, like, I was on the clock and I remember texting you, like, how do I find this freaking draft? Like, I can't I can't draft a player. So, yeah. yeah, I think MFL, if you want to be able to customize your league and do some very, very unique settings, MFL is the way to go. If you want that, like, the, uh, the ease of use, then you go with Sleeper. I've got several leagues that are on Sleeper. Really, really great. The ability to be able to do that on the app yeah. uh, is incredible on the go. MFL doesn't really offer that, at least to that level. So, right. Uh, all right, Brian Greenberg asks, as a Kirk Cousins owner in a Superflex league, is Kellen Mond a must draft in my upcoming rookie draft? I'll answer this one first, Tags. For me, no, he's not a must draft. I like Kellen Mond. I liked him a little bit more than the consensus coming into this NFL draft. I think that he has a chance to be a starter for the Vikings a year, two years down the road, but I'm not going to classify him as a must draft. If he falls to a spot in the beginning of the third round of a super flex rookie draft, then I'll pull the trigger there, but I'm not as the Kirk Cousins owner. That doesn't affect at all my strategy with with Kellen Mond I agree 100% I there Kellen Mond is never going to take the job from Kirk Cousins so basically right, you're, you're looking right. for an injury to Kirk Cousins or you're looking for him to just not be re-signed I don't see that happening as long as Mike Zimmer is the coach there Mike Zimmer wants a quarterback like Kirk Cousins someone that's going to take care of the football he wants to play a defense like a defense first type mindset uh Cousins no I Kellen Mond I had a I think it was my QB7 in this class so no, I, I I think you're right, Yates. It's like if he falls to you to the point where you're like, okay, he's the next quarterback on my board. Sure, if you want to just add some depth in your super flex league, but I uh, definitely not a must draft. Yep. All right. So Forrest Cunningham asks if you're in a 12 team uh, super flex dynasty startup and the other managers are not taking quarterbacks early, like a typical one quarterback league, 
Is it worth it to zig while they zag, loading up on high-end QBs, or do you follow the herd to make sure you don't miss all of the running backs and wide receivers? So this comes down to, and we've talked about it tags on the other podcast, saying like, it's very difficult for us to answer trade questions because we don't know every every single league is different. Every single roster is completely different. So in this league where a super flex format, typically you're seeing quarterbacks fly off the board in a startup. If people are viewing it as a one quarterback league, would you personally zig while they zag and load up on some of these top tier quarterbacks that they're leaving on the board? Or do you kind of follow it and let the value fall to you with some of these other quarterbacks later on down, down the road? I follow the draft board, um, honestly. And this is something that I don't think people do enough where, you know, if you're in a an, an analyst league, where if I'm in an, a league with a bunch of different analysts, I know that if I want a top tier quarterback, I don't have to draft him in the third round where ADP says I should. Um, I wait, you can wait till the fifth round to get that quarterback. You have to know your crowd. And basically you want, you want quarterbacks that you're targeting, especially in like a super flex where I'm comfortable with this player. I'm comfortable with this player and know those checkpoints. If you're drafting sixth, that's the best of both worlds because you're basically able to see the draft play out in front of yeah, you and you can see right. the trends develop as they're happening. And you don't have a big space between your picks. The longest space you have is 12 picks in between or 11 picks so that's nice if you're on the turn you're kind of forced to to reach a little bit because you're not going to be able to anticipate the trends as they happen you don't want to be stuck with you know uh, your qb 15 is your qb1 you know what i mean where um you just don't want to be left behind so you have to pay attention to trends if you want to if you want to start that trend i'm okay with it but do not be don't be like hey i'm just going to stack my roster with three different quarterbacks and these guys are all going to come trade to me there's a reason they were drafting those players over the quarterbacks they're not they value those other positions more than they value quarterback will they learn in time maybe but at the same time i always take value where it's presented on a draft board regardless of the format uh so superflex that's what i love about superflex is because every draft is different some people like oh you'll, yeah you'll see 100%. five quarterbacks come off the board in the first five picks some you won't see the first quarterback come off until the sixth pick so it really just depends on who i'm drafting with what i'm doing where i'm drafting in terms of like the spot i'm at but i don't think you need to zig while they zag i think just Take the value as it's presented to you. Just don't get caught behind. Don't let a big gap go between you and someone else where all those quarterbacks that you would want do come off the board. I love how you phrase that where you said, like, you got to find the checkpoints. So looking at especially the quarterback position where you say, OK, I'm comfortable with this player uh, based on the ADP and the draft board, based on the, you know, the platform that I'm playing in. OK, I'm comfortable with this player as my QB one and not this player, right? So you find that tier break. Yep. Then you say, okay, this QB2. And then from there, you're able to determine when you can take them. You know, don't don't reach massively. And then you find out that, you know, you're, you're running back in wide receiver spot just because you went and got that player early and then none of the other players went off the board at the quarterback position after. And that's exactly what you said, Tex. We're drafting in the middle. I love drafting in the middle of a draft because mm -hmm. you're able to let the trends fall to you. Whereas if you're drafting on the turn, you have to set the trends. So that comes into play there too. But yeah, the checkpoints is great advice. Find those spots where you're comfortable with this player as your QB1, your QB2, your QB3, and then you go from there. All right, so the Fantasy Dweeb asks, uh, I'm making a dynasty league with my home league friends. We're doing this alongside our normal redraft league. What should be some things I can introduce to make sure the guys love the dynasty league as much as the redraft and keep them engaged even into the offseason? That's something that I find with my home league that I'm doing with a bunch of college buddies where a lot of them just check out during the offseason, right? They want that break. They're more traditional redraft players, more than dynasty, you know, diehards. And we have some of those in the league. So those guys are constantly sending me, you know, trade requests and stuff like that. There's still chatter. 
but there are a few, a handful of guys that just kind of check out and then they'll check back in in July or August. So what do you think you can do to be able to engage those players? Or is there anything that you can do? Are you always going to have these players that are just not as committed to fantasy football as much as you are? I think you just hit it on the head is that there's good there. I don't know if you can you know, um, make it easier for them. It's either you you love fantasy football and you want to do it year round, or you're one of those people that checks out. I, I'm victim of this in terms of like, you know, we had our home league for like five years and it was just, we all loved fantasy football. And it was just something that I looked forward to it every year. And I'm like, hey, why don't we start a dynasty league? And, and then everybody agreed to it. Like, yeah, let's do it. We love fantasy football. And then it got to the point where, a lot of guys like checking out after the season. They don't want to do it in the off season. And then, and then it turned into, I'm sending trade offers, but like, dude, it's May. Why are you sending trade offers? I'm like, right. well, it's dynasty, but some people just don't get it. Some people want that break. And you have to be honest about that. So when you're, you're, you're putting together a dynasty league, you have to say, are you going to be willing to talk trades in the off season? Or are you going to say, Hey, it's May or April. Who gives a crap about trades? Like it's not football season right now. Nothing's happening. There's really nothing you can do, to be honest with you. It's either people want to play Dynasty or they don't, and you're going to figure that out. After after the first year, it's like new, and it's like you're doing the rookie draft, and you're trying to yep. figure out the, the, the format. Yep. But usually in year two is when you start finding out the people that really just don't – they don't have a care to do it. They just want to be – they want to be able to check out when the season ends. And I think that that's fine. I think yeah. that that's fine to have those leagues where you do have those play, those people that kind of just check out because you still will have – several people in your league who are committed, who are invested to do stuff in the off season. Now, I think that if you're in a league where you check in with everyone and they, you find out that, okay, I'm literally the only one in this 12 team league that wants to be invested in the off season. That's a little bit of a different conversation. And that dynasty league probably does not have a lot of longevity. Uh, if we're being honest, but I think that, yeah, it's all about getting a pulse on your league and finding out and being okay with, you know, these guys are probably not going to be super invested in the off season and that's okay. There's really not much, honestly, that you're going to be able to do to kind of pull them in. Uh, all right. So Nathan Stoltz, uh, in a 12 team, one QB PPR league, would you consider trading a late first for Michael Pittman Jr. and Mike Davis, uh, would help depth the running back and have time for Pittman to develop on the bench this year. So I, honestly kind of love this move because I, I'm obviously a big fan of Michael Pittman Jr. That late first in a one QB format is probably netting you a Kadarius Tony, maybe uh, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, like some of those wide receivers in that range. I don't think that Jalen Waddle is going to fall to you there. I don't think that you're going to see Devonte Smith, anything like that. So in that case, yeah, I'll take the Michael Pittman Jr. who I had rated very highly last year. And then also the depth piece of a running back who I think is going to get a significant workload this year. Now, whether or not he can hold up to it is a different question, but I'm always a proponent of building depth on my dynasty rosters. And so to be able to take that late first, who I think is going to be some like a rotational player at best in year one, to be able to get a potential star with Carson Wentz here in town in Indy now, and then also the depth piece and running back, I'm in favor of this move. What do you think, Tex? I'm not even really big on Michael Pittman. Um, but yes, I would do this move. Uh, late first round picks are typically overvalued. Uh, I do an article every year. I put it up, um, last month and it was basically says how much is a dynasty rookie pick worth? Cause not many people know that most people join dynasty and they're like, 
they just hear that first round dynasty draft picks are like are gold yeah. and they're worth right. so much. A late first round dynasty draft pick is not worth a whole lot. And I have history. I have now have 12 years of research in that article and I go and highlight the player's career that you're typically going to get. So go check that out. You guys would be shocked to find out exactly what a, wide, a late first round pick is worth. Um, so with that being said, you're getting Mike Davis, a guy who has zero competition on the roster right now. And honestly, it's getting to the point where I don't even know if there's a free agent out there that I'm worried that they would sign that would say he's going to pass Mike Davis in the depth chart. The you know? only the only one that I would consider is Adrian Peterson, where I think that if they sign AP, it's definitely going to be more of a split backfield. Otherwise, yeah. no, Todd Gurley. I mean, he just left Atlanta. Right. Uh, any Anyone else other than that, I really don't think that you're going to see affect him. Yeah, no, that's true. I, mean, I guess it's a good point on Peterson, and they probably would split the role, but Davis would have the, I would say, the more valuable role as the pass catcher in that offense. Right, but, correct. But still, I, I would do this trade. I think Pittman's close enough. If we were to have, if we were to throw Pittman in this draft class, you'd probably get him around the, I'll call it 15th to 18th pick. So he's almost that late first round pick by himself. So when you add in Davis and the potential that he could be an RB2 this year, I think, yes, I, I would do that deal. Um I don't overvalue late first round picks basically yep. is what it comes down yep. to. I've learned from my mistakes where I overvalued late first round picks. Uh, the first year that I played dynasty, I just, I did not know what I was doing and sent away some proven players for some first round draft picks. And it was fine, but I definitely overvalued those. All right. So obviously the Julio Jones situation, he's saying that he wants to leave Atlanta. Uh, it's looking like that is becoming more and more of a reality. Now we'll find out where exactly he goes if he does get traded, but, uh, FF de Equinox asks a really good question. Is Russell Gage a strong wide receiver two option with Julio leaving? Now, I don't think that he means wide receiver two for fantasy, but just a wide receiver two for Atlanta, because that position we know is going to lead to some fantasy value. So if Julio leaves, do you think that Russell Gage is worth getting ahead of now and acquiring because he could be valuable for fantasy purposes? No. I don't. I think that there's a lot of people saying that in the in the fantasy community right now. And they're saying, oh, you should grab Gage now in best ball formats because Julio is going to be gone. And I don't really care. Um, Russell Gage is not a number two wide receiver. He's he was the number three. He's benefiting from the fact that Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are out there. He benefited from a lot of targets. This is now an offense that's going from I, I look this up, by the way, under Dirk Cutter. Going back to 2012, oh, in the years that he's with the team, they never finished, uh, going back to 2013, I think, they never finished worse than number five in, in pass attempts. Even, right. go, even going recent with Sarkeesian, when he was there in 2018, uh, they were number five in pass attempts. So they were always high in pass attempts. And then you go to Arthur Smith and you say, Ryan Tannehill is a pretty good quarterback. I know they have Derrick Henry, but he's a pretty good quarterback. The last two years, they ranked number 30 and number 31 in pass attempts. So... The Falcons are going to lose a lot of pass attempts. I don't even care if Julio Jones is on the team or not. They're going to lose pass attempts. They did add Kyle Pitts, so Pitts is going to steal a lot of those targets. Russell Gage doesn't he benefit again, he benefited from these other guys uh -huh. being on the field and I don't see his target share going up a whole lot. I'm not no, I do not think he's a strong wide receiver two option and in fact, even if Julio goes, I will not rank Russell Gage as a top 50 wide receiver in my rankings. I think it's fair. I, I just don't know who would replace Julio as the outside receiver. Like they've got Cordero Patterson there, like Christian Blake, Olamide Zacchaeus. Like there really isn't a player that I think is going to be able to step up into that role. So I think I do think that Russell Gage's target share will increase. Will his numbers take a dramatic, you know, skyrocket? No, no, I don't think because he's not that type of receiver. I think that he could be valuable as a flex play in full PPR formats. That's it. Like I don't think that he's going to suddenly ascend to this 
really, really reliable fantasy option. But I do think that he does take at least a little bit of a step forward because I don't know who else is going to catch the ball in this offense, right? So Engage will have to be on the field as a in the in three wide receiver sets. So, all right, uh, Stickman asks in rookie drafts. How do you value guys who were not high in ECR expert consensus ranking that we do over here on fantasy pros pre NFL draft, but they received decent draft capital. And he gives an example of Josh Palmer with the Los Angeles chargers versus guys who were higher in ECR, but went undrafted. And they give an example of Tamori and Terry, right? With Terry uh, landing in Seattle. And I think the way that I'll phrase this to you tags is how do you handle that with Josh Palmer, who I don't think either of us had like really high in our pre-draft rankings. He goes into the third round ends up in a great spot down the road. I don't think that he's going to have immediate value, but then how do you balance that with someone like Kay Johnson, who you really, really liked and I liked as well, but he goes undrafted as well, lands in the same spot. How do you balance those two? You have to factor it in. You really do because it's how the team actually values him. It's not how, who cares about how dynasty analysts you know, value players, really. It, it comes down to how the team values them. Uh, Kate Johnson is an interesting one. I think Tamori and Terry would be a better example just because Kate Johnson had popped up that he had health things that popped up during his, like, during the physical portion of it, where that's why he apparently went undrafted. And it... In a year where they were not able to meet with some of these prospects, that's a big thing. And apparently he fell because of that, which, but still, he went undrafted. That means you have to lower him down your draft board. You have to factor that in because if you go through the the years, like, I have, again, this is another thing I do where it comes down to opportunity based on draft position. Uh, and if you're drafted with a first round pick or a second round pick for wide receivers are almost identical. Third round pick, it drops quite a bit. Fourth round and on it's all of a sudden it drops off. There has never, Yates, this is a fun fact. I learned while doing that article over the last, I think it's eight years now of that article. Um, all wide receivers that have been drafted in the fourth round, none of them have finished as a top 50 fantasy wide receiver in year one. It's because they just don't get right. the opportunity. Uh, but right. if, if you move into the third, second and first round, that matters. So getting that draft capital does mean a lot in terms of opportunity because in the end, the NFL is such, it's such a small talent gap that I think people they almost overlook it. They just think talent's going to carry these players. There's such a small talent gap that opportunity means everything. And that's why we say, follow the opportunity, follow the targets and all that. Uh, and Josh Palmer being attached to someone like, you know, Justin Herbert, Mike, Mike Williams is in the final year of his deal. Keenan Allen hasn't been healthy throughout the entirety of his career. He's getting up there in age. So yes, you have to factor that stuff in and landing spot matters more than most want to admit. And I think that the opportunity is what you follow. The opportunity is what you look for. And then our work pre-draft, the, yep. the reason why we do that is one, to be able to just kind of get these guys in tiers and kind of sort it out. But then it's also to get an understanding of these players and who they are. So that way, when the opportunity does come around, and a perfect example is Savan Ahmed last year, right? I was a big fan of Ahmed. And he goes undrafted and signs with the San Francisco 49ers, gets cut, moves over to Miami. Well, suddenly there's an opening on this depth chart for him to step in. And I knew exactly what he was going to bring to the table where I said, I liked Ahmed, go pick him up on waivers. And it ended up paying off. That's that's the work here. So I think with Kay Johnson, he's someone that you pay attention to. We know that we like him. Both of us like him based on his tape. And same thing with Tamori and Terry. Like he can get that opportunity. He has the talent to capitalize on it. So then once that opportunity comes around, if it ever does, then we say that's when you capitalize. That's where you take your dart throws. But the guys that you always fall back on or uh, I'm sorry, the situation that you always fall back on and the things that you fall back on are the draft capital. You follow that more so than the talent and what you thought pre-draft. Uh, let's get through just a couple more here tags. So Daniel Moore asked, how many elite years does Kelsey have left? 
uh, Travis Kelsey. Obviously, is he worth dealing now for a stud quarterback and drafting Kyle Pitts at the 104 in a super flex tight end premium league? So I guess I'll just ask this in two different in two different phases. How many elite years do you think Travis Kelsey has left of performing at the tight end one spot? I mean, we're in outlier territory now. Like he's reached the age now where tight ends typically fall off, but he's he's clearly an outlier. He's clearly one of the best tight ends of all time. Um, he just he's coming off a record-setting season, <laughs> so I, I mean we we can't anticipate that. But we're now in outlier territory where he's just. You can't really go off historical data with, with Travis right. Kelsey because he's already broken it. Uh, so, but would I trade him for a stud quarterback? When you say stud, I'm thinking like top three quarterback in a in a super flex. Absolutely, I would 100 percent all day long uh, because I am worried that we have maybe two years left of elite production of Kelsey, um, which is that's again he's already broken that metric. So, but still, for a stud quarterback, you're going to have multiple years. Uh, and then drafting Pitts at 104, if you're able to get Pitts at 104, this should be even even easier decision. Uh, I don't know if if Pitts lands there in a tight end premium. I know you're saying right. it's super Especially flex, in a tight end premium. Yeah, I know you're saying it's super flex, but uh, people will love Pitts right now, and they're doing whatever they can to get him. Uh, but if you're able to get him 104, that makes that decision so much easier. And yes, I would do that. Uh, tags what's that threshold for a stud quarterback right you said like top three but what's that threshold where you say like for Travis Kelsey and this quarterback straight up this is where I would stop making that trade so you just talk I'm gonna go down my dynasty rankings my quarterback you just tell me when to stop okay so Patrick Mahomes obviously Josh Allen mm -hmm. Kyler Murray now we're at my QB4 Dak Prescott Joe Burrow no, that, that might be the that might be the line because Burrow, as much as I love Burrow, it's st we still haven't seen it all uh, come together mm -hmm. as for him as a top like four quarterback. Kyler Murray is I have Kyler Murray at four. I have Dak at three um, and I have okay. Lamar Jackson at five. That's probably where I end the line right there. I, it would be a top five quarterback. I would require one okay. of those guys for Kelsey. All right, perfect. All right, let's answer one more here. Uh, this comes from Julian Zamora. How do you feel about DeAndre Swift entering year two? Uh, I see him ranked highly on Dynasty League football, and the talent is there. Obviously, will the opportunity be there for him to hit RB number RB one numbers as soon as this year? I'll th I'll answer this super quick. I don't really like DeAndre Swift this year, and it's not because of Swift and the talent. Like he was my RB two coming out last year. Love the talent and saw enough last year for me to still feel confident. It's this offense, man. This offense with Jared Goff at the, at the uh, quarterback position with the wide receiver core that he's got around him. I think that teams are going to be able to kind of just zero in on DeAndre Swift. And I just, what was that? Was a it sneeze. sneeze. It was a sneeze. Okay. Uh, bless you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's just all about DeAndre Swift. I just don't, and the offense that he's in, I don't know if I feel comfortable saying that he's going to hit RB1 numbers in this offense. I don't think that he comes anywhere close. Yeah, I, uh, I, I know I keep saying this, but I do these articles for a reason because I want to know these things. I do an article. Right. It's what does team scoring mean to fantasy football? And I, I know it's obvious. Oh, you score more points. You're a better team. You're a better fantasy <laughs> football player. But what does it actually mean? And basically to finish as a, as an RB1 on a bottom 10 scoring offense is extremely, extremely tough to do uh, just because you have a lack of scoring opportunities. So therefore, DeAndre Swift is already going to be in that territory. I don't think anybody expects the Lions to be a potent right. offense or anything like that. And then on top of that, you add in that they signed Jamal Williams to a pretty big deal in free agency. They just brought yep. in Todd Gurley because they're apparently looking into adding more running backs. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift said he'd welcome, you know, him with open arms. I don't, I don't get it. I like DeAndre Swift, the football player. He is a three down back. Uh, this is going to be a timeshare though. So I don't, I don't think he's going to be an RB one. I think he's going to be teetering on that conversation. I think he's going to be, 
I have him finishing right around the RB15 range. So is a, is a competent, solid RB2, but if you think he's going to take that next step and finishes an RB1, I don't think it happens. And I don't think it happens in this offense with this, with this current coaching right. staff, quarterback. I just don't. All right, Tags, I'm going to end the show on a bummer. Uh, bummer note, I uh, just got a notification. Rex Burkhead has signed with the Houston Texans. So now you have a backfield of Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and Rex Burkhead. Are you going anywhere near this backfield in 2021? What the hell? Like, I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought you were about to tell me he signed with the Falcons or something like that. And I was like, okay, that would make a little bit sense. They need some depth there. But, uh, dude, what? Like, Rex Burkhead, I, I mean, I guess you make some money if you can. But this depth chart, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram... Oh, it's so bad. I don't know what the Texans are doing. Like if you, so Yates, I know you do it like I do, where we keep track of the depth charts as the offseason goes uh -huh. on. And I keep adding players to the Texans. And I'm like running out <laughs> of room of players. It's like they've literally yep. added a completely new team. And it's like, oh, this is totally going to work, guys. But they're all the, like on one, two year deals max. It's and all they're bad. not players that, yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, I told you that I was going to end the show on a bummer note. Let's end it on a high note. Thank you so much to Reality Sports Online for sponsoring today's podcast. Tags, the people had been asking to get you on, man. They had been in my mentions saying that we got to get Mike Teglier on for some sort of special episode. We did it here. We got the Dynasty listener mailbag wrapped up. Tags did a great job answering these questions, man. Appreciate you taking some time. Oh, thanks for having me on. I was waiting for my invite. It was just, it took too long, damn it. Well, I was going to push it out even further after you made your Deck snarky comments. comments yeah. And I guess this is because uh, I haven't listened to today's main podcast. So uh, I might just tell John not to publish this episode if <laughs> what you said was, was really bad and really offensive, which it probably was. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much. Uh, we will be back potentially next week. We're kind of getting the the new co-host kind of locked into position. We'll, hopefully we'll have an update for you here, uh, you guys here soon. Uh, if not, we'll be back next week with another episode. We'll figure out something to do. We'll bring on another special guest. It won't be tags. Uh, so guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the fantasy pros dynasty football podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fantasy pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.